Hello, and welcome to the Verso Recto podcast. A little bit of background on the title. In the publishing world, the words recto and verso are used to refer to the right or front side of the page, which is recto, and the left or the back side of the page, which is verso. And while they're usually used in that order, recto, verso, in the publishing world, in the reading world, we see the pages in an open book as verso and recto, thus the title of this podcast. For episode one, which is the first episode that I'm recording and the first one that I'll upload, uh, since I'm a little nervous, this is the first podcast that I've ever recorded, I am going with uh, one of my favorite series in the whole world, one of my first exposures to queer fiction of any kind. Uh, Even though I was already used to science fiction and fantasy, I loved the universes that were created there. This was my first queer fantasy exposure, and it has always held a very warm place in my heart. So that is the Elemental Logic series by Laurie J. Marks. Where to start on the whole universe? Marks does such a fantastic job of building this world where the Shaftalis have, uh, it's very farm oriented and family oriented, but the family structure looks a little bit different than what we would see here in the U S or, you know, the nuclear family for lack of a better description in this farming community, uh, you would have a family, which would actually be more of a farm holding and a healthy family would be probably 20 to 30 people of all ages, genders, orientations, and you would live in that family, you would work together, you would build together, you would farm together, and then you would also, you know, have relationships with people in that family, whether they were platonic or sexual, it would depend on your orientation, it would depend on the orientations of the people around you, and would probably change and ebb and flow as you were continuing to live together. Then you might also be in a family, you know, you would be born in one, and then you might stay in that family, or you might be married out to a different farm or a different family. So that's kind of the relationship family structure of the Shaftalese. The Sainites are uh, warrior people. They are invaders to the land, and their goal is to take over the land, to colonize the land, possibly with, you know, the Sheftalis, possibly killing them all. But they're more of a warrior structure where everything is based on people you fight with. And again, their structure is very open to queer relationships. Uh, Marks herself is queer. Uh, She has a wife and they are very nice, very pleasant. I've emailed with them a couple of times, just the sweetest, nicest people. Uh, But I think part of that queer identity that she has is also reflected in the world where it's just kind of a given. And I love that where it's not anybody's uh, trying to figure out, is it okay for me to be queer? They just are. And any kind of representation is just, you know, it's accepted. The elemental side of things, which is where we get into more of the fantasy 
uh, is based on fire, earth, air, and water. And there's that balance where people would have different aspects in their personality. And if an aspect becomes very strong, uh, it sounds like usually in childhood, then that person would be considered an elemental witch. And the most common ones that you see in the world are fire, earth, and air. Water tends to be more of a rarity. And most of our main characters hold enough of an element to be considered an earth witch or an air witch or a fire witch. Uh, And we get to see that throughout the stories. It very much influences the way they look at the world, uh, how they interact with whatever's going on politically, uh, in a military sense, uh, all of that. So you kind of have fire, which is imagination, it's connection of possibilities, it's communication, a fire witch might have an ease in learning languages, which one of our main characters, Zanja, has. Uh, Earth would be healing, weather knowledge, making and fixing. So Karis, who's one of the main characters as well, uh, very much she is an Earth witch. She is able to do things that other people are not to an extent that it's one of the driving forces in the story in all four books. You have air, which is very black and white. It's literal. It's able to read people very well. And it's also very intimidating. Uh, They can see people for who they are and they can manipulate them if they're not held to the air witch code, which is described as a role called a truthkin. And one of our characters, Narina, is a truthkin, which everyone is scared of her and uh, her ability to read them and her ability to bind them to the law. So they're a little bit the lawyers of the world when they're acting in that capacity. If they're not bound to the truthkin guidelines to that structure, then a lot of times they fall apart, they have to be hunted down. If they're not bound to this order, then they can very much cause chaos. And then water is more time-related. It's go with the flow. We meet a community that live by a river at one point, and they're the otter people. And among the otter people, there is a water witch who very much features in the story of the first book, which is Fire Logic. And Fire Logic sets up the world for the rest of the books. It centers around Zanja, who is a fire witch. She's also a Kachim. She's from the mountain people, and she's a speaker for her people. And so the world we first get introduced to is mainly through her eyes. So she is coming from the mountains. She's coming down into Shaftal itself. She's meeting a lot of the cast of characters, Uh, You get to see through her eyes the first glimpse that we see of Karis, the first glimpse that we see of Emil, of Narina, and that just kind of sets the stage for what happens, which, uh, not to give too much away, but it's, it's pretty early on in the first book, we see that Karis holds this role as Gideon of Shaftal, which is 
It's an earth witch who's been imbued with the powers of Shaftal. And the problem is that Karis uh, is not only part of Shaftal, but because of where she's raised, her father is a Sainite. And uh, where she's raised in Lalali is kind of a whore town. Her mother was a whore. And then also she becomes one, not through any choice of her own. It's very much when she's a child, she's forced into this lifestyle. And so the Shaftali's leaders look at her that has been vested with this power against their wishes, and they decide she is not qualified for the position. And so one of the things that they do is they kind of shunt her off to the side to hold this power until they find someone, an earth witch who's strong enough uh, when Karis is toward the end of her life that she can vest this Gideon power and then Shaftel will, you know, reclaim its true nature. But she is not considered to be valued or valuable in any way except to hold this power until a time that she can vest it in someone else. And Zanja, with her fire logic, figures this out on her own and thinks, no, Karis is actually a decent human being. She's fantastic. She's really good at what she does, even though she was addicted to this drug called smoke, again, through no choice of her own. It was designed to make her malleable and more pliant and also not as scary to uh, customers in Lalali because she's a very big, solid, large woman. And uh, Zanja looks at her and she says, you know what? I think she is actually qualified. And so the whole structure that the Shaftalese government had built around hiding her away and not admitting that she had this power and she had been vested as the Gideon kind of falls apart and sets up the the events of the next few books. So as we go on in the world, uh, the books are Fire Logic, and then Earth Logic, and then Water Logic, and then Air Logic. And each book kind of follows the logic of each of those elements. So Fire Logic is very instinctive, it's very based around Zanja, whereas Earth Logic becomes more focused on Karis. And as the books go on, this family starts being built of Zanja, who's uh, the speaker, and Karis, who's the Gideon, and Norina, who is a truthkin and was also uh, vested with the interest of taking care of Karis until uh, she could pass on the power of the Gideon. There's also Emil, who is a paladin that Zanja is pulled in to fight with, and they have a brother-sister bond. They're both fire uh, witches, and they kind of feed off of each other. So where one would say, maybe in an instinctive way, where they would pull cards that are kind of like tarot, uh, would say, hey, here are the cards that I'm feeling. The other one would have the ability to interpret them. And so they kind of use this intuitive magic to decide, okay, what do we do next with our family? What do we do next with this new government we're building? Since we didn't accept the old government or how they treated Karis or their expectation of her role as Gideon or Gideon in place, 
how do we build a new government? And so through that, they also come across Medric, who is also half Shiftalese, half Sainite. And he is also a fireblood, also a, uh, a seer. So he tends to see things without any other help. But again, he and Zanja and Emil kind of are able to use this to figure out, okay, what are we doing next? What are next steps? What are we doing with this life that we're leading, these situations that we're finding ourselves in? And they just, the three of them tend to work together to guide their family. But Karis as Gideon is the one who decides yes or no on some of the things that they find. And then Narina also has a husband, John, and all of them, once they build this family, refer to each other as husbands and wives, even though they're not all sleeping together, even though some of them would be gay or lesbian, some of them would be bi. Uh, We get introduced to a character, Garland, later on in the series. And uh, even though Norina and John have a child whose name is Liba, she's considered the child of all of them. And so we go through Earth logic and we come to that uh, step. And then immediately with this battle between the Sainites and the Shaftalis, when Karis is vested as Gideon, and begins to govern as Gideon and push back against the Sainite battalions, but also in a different way where she's like, no, we should accept them. We should build a community together as Sainite and Shaftalese. And so then we go through water logic, which is more time-based, and I don't want to spoil things, but you should really read this series. And then Air Logic, which just came out last year, and I was so excited because it had been a while, and I wasn't sure we were going to get the final book in the quartet. And I read the whole thing in about a day and then immediately went back and reread it because I was just so excited to get the final piece in the series where everything comes to a head. We realize what powers have been kind of working behind the scenes. And everything that's been hanging in balance, we finally get resolved to build this new world of Sainites and Shaftalis under the guidance of Karis. And yeah, it's just, it's a really good series. I definitely recommend reading it, especially if you like science fiction and fantasy. It j- Marx just builds this whole world that is very immersive and now you can read the whole series in one go which I wasn't able to do when I first started reading because she had only written the first two. Uh, I highly recommend it uh, very very much. Read the whole series, love the whole series, think about starting a farm with a bunch of queer people if that's uh, your dreams and goals in life but I very much recommend them. You should go read them. You should love them. You should post on social media uh, at Verso Recto Podcast uh, just to tag us and let us know what you think. We definitely recommend it. And I hope you enjoy the books.